0: The Simon Shore podcast is presented by Box Score Network. Box Score Network is your one stop shop for all things NFL podcasts. You want game analysis, betting lines, hot takes, and fantasy advice? Check out Box Score Network. Follow Box Score Network on Twitter at B Network for updates. Oh, hi. Welcome back in to another episode of the Simon Short Podcast. I am Simon Short. We have a fun episode for you here this week. It is finally, officially, NFL season week one. Uh, when you are listening to this, it will be, I don't know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I don't know when you listen. Send me a DM or, or shoot me something on Twitter that tells me when you tend to listen to the podcast. I'd love to hear. Um it, it, you're you're listening to this around the time that you're getting ready to watch an NFL game, hopefully. Uh, last week, me and Josh Lemassand did a huge two-and-a-half-hour macro look at the NFL season snapshot for essentially week one, the first chunk of the season in our power rankings. If you're listening to this and you didn't listen to that episode already, you will not want to miss it. This week, I wanted to take a more micro approach and give in a way, my end-of-season predictions by predicting some division winners. So we do that with John Boyd of Minnesota Sports Talk and Bite Size Sports. Make sure you're following him on Twitter at Boyd 12 That'll be in the episode description. Um, so really thank John for coming on and talking some more football as we get ready for the season. We are going to start here at the top with an Ahsoka Recap of episode four, a little bit of insight into what happened in the episode. I did not do episode three last week just because the episode with Josh was such a big one. Um, and, and it was a lighter episode. It, it set things up. It showed us a little bit of the dynamic between Ahsoka and Sabine. What parts of why Sabine might have left the or, or Ahsoka might have left Sabine, why that relationship, that master apprentice relationship fizzled out um, and, and a little bit of getting their groove back, finding their rhythm, working together. Um, so it was an important episode, but not one that really needed a, a segment to talk about. But episode four was a doozy, man. We are now halfway through uh, Ahsoka on Disney Plus. I'm loving it. Episode four was fantastic. We're going to dive into it right now so we start out the episode with Huayang and sabine trying to fix the ship ahsoka is telling sabine hey we need to go take this opportunity where we can't really go anywhere go get morgan balon shin and take the map from them uh, ahsoka then asks sabine if we can't accomplish this mission if we can't get the map from them and go get ezra ourselves are you willing to do what needs to be done and destroy the map Sabine kind of, you know, dances around the questions, says it won't come to that, you know, hello foreshadowing, right? We'll come back to this topic here towards the end. Hera leaves base uh, elsewhere. Hera leaves base uh, without authorization to aid Ahsoka and Sabine. Hera was denied authorization to take a team to them in episode three. And we even get a uh, Carson Tava. uh cameo you could say for a character from the mandalorian uh we get him he joins Hera's crew here on this mission ahsoka and sabine are running through the woods to get to the map and they are confronted by shin and maruk uh, for showdown part two and sabine takes on shin first as a mandalorian with blasters which i found interesting that was her go-to and then with the lightsaber held her own pretty well uh, Ahsoka battles Maruk in a so-so fight. Not not the best lightsaber battle we've ever seen. But finishes him off with a doozy. Uh, the Obi-Wan versus Maul rebel style finishing move. A swift slice right to the gut. Between some fancy saber work from Maruk. Who was featuring the true Inquisitor style double spinning lightsaber. Um, Maruk uh, turns into a cloud of green smoke. Uh, indicating probably Morgan pulled some Night Sister witch magic to create him, and you know, bye bye to all the fan theories of who Maruk could have been. Uh, we hardly knew ye. Balon and Ahsoka are now facing off. Ahsoka, when she defeated Maruk, was you know basically told by Sabine to leave her. She's got this. Ahsoka now goes to Balon to face off. They have an interesting conversation. Balon. Seems to know her, seems to know Anakin, seems to have had conversations with Anakin in the past, seems to have some reverence for who Anakin was before he turned to Darth Vader. Um, just kind of adding to the intrigue, the mystery around Balan as a character. Uh, and this is just a, a fantastic acting job. Um, Let's see do by Ray Stevenson Um, and sadly, Ray Stevenson, I think I mentioned this two episodes ago, but but did pass away before the uh show originally aired. But a, a fantastic performance, very, very interesting character. Doesn't seem to have had any sort of interaction with Ahsoka before this, but seems to have some disdain for her mentioned something along the lines of the violence and the destruction that she was a part of Um. He he gave her a dig early in this conversation that I took as just a play him trying to get in her head, but maybe he truly believes this uh, something along the lines of would Anakin have turned had she not left him right and, and this seems to be a question that some pockets of the internet share so it's interesting to see that kind of meta put into the show and, and that be a question because that's definitely something that. We can assume Ahsoka feels herself, and I think she's p- talked about it in, in in Rebels somewhere, in Clone Wars some, not Clone Wars, but in Rebel somewhere. Um, so that's really interesting. Uh, getting that that meta from another character, externally from her, that she has to hear, and and that's something that we're going to deal with, um, moving forward in the show. So it's great when the show not only gives you. Something the character is facing externally, but internally as well. Something to look back on, something that uh, fans of the animated stuff will really understand and resonate with and want to know a resolution to. So we're going to get that in the show, I think. Um, Let's see. Balan ends up besting Ahsoka, who gets distracted when Shin shows up because Ahsoka is worried about Sabine. And now Sabine is okay, as we know. She, you know, survived. She did her, she, she she did okay with Shin. Um, Ahsoka ends up knocking Shin out. Sabine ends up with the map. Balan pushes Ahsoka over the edge of the cliff. He then turns his attention to Sabine, um, basically convincing her to hand the map back over to him, telling her she'll get to join them and see Ezra, whereas if she doesn't hand it over, you know, she's in trouble. Hera and company arrive just in time to see the hyperspace ring with Morgan, Shin, Balin, and Sabine take off. And uh, the hyperspace ring rips through the ships, but interesting lo- uh, interestingly enough, doesn't destroy all of them. Um, definitely, you know, knocks them off course and a couple crash into each other. But for the most part, the crew is unharmed in this. By the way, I didn't say this when they first showed the takeoff shot for Hera. But we see the ghost. The ghost is in live action. Harrow's ship, Jason and Chopper on board, or on board, excuse me. Uh, really cool to see the ghost in live action. Really cool moment again for the animated fans, uh, out there watching the show. Um, and and you know you feel it. So this was the moment, right? Sabine was asked this right at the beginning. We knew she was going to be faced with this decision, of, hey, are you going to be willing to destroy this map to keep Thrawn from coming? Yes, you won't be able to see Ezra, but we have to keep Thrawn from coming is where Ahsoka's is coming from in this. You know, Ezra, she wants to see Ezra. She wants to save Ezra. But her number one priority, and we got this in episode one, was to make sure Thrawn does not return and start another war. And that's exactly what Balon says he intends to do. So there's no mincing of what's going to happen in this. Um, they're trying to stop Thrawn from returning, trying to stop a war. And Sabine... that moment i'd like to be able to say uh, the calculus in her head was hey this is more about if i can get to thrawn i can stop him whereas if i just destroy the map right maybe they figure out another way um but ultimately i think what we're seeing her deal with is wanting to save ezra first and foremost and who knows maybe if she teams up with ezra they can they can put a stop to this so We will have to see what happens in the next episode from that. But here is the big stuff here. Here's the the real moneymaker from this episode. We next see Ahsoka, who not only survived the fall off the cliff, but is now in the world between worlds, which is a place that we first saw in Rebels. Um, And we get just an incredible hello snips from a de-aged Hayden Christensen as Anakin Really, really cool. Really interesting also because they didn't really de-age Hayden in the Obi-Wan series, um, even though that was clearly much closer to the Attack of the Clones era Anakin before the Clone Wars, whereas this Hayden Christensen, this Anakin we get, is clearly further closer to Revenge of the Sith. Um, which means this is probably around the time that Ahsoka left the order, would be my guess based on how he looks. Um, it's that that era, that time period, Anakin, that we get here. So not only could episode five include Ezra and or Thrawn as a reveal to where Morgan, Balon, Sabine, and Shin just took off to, but we might also get this like really interesting, really long almost intimate conversation between Ahsoka and Anakin. If, if, let's say we got like a 40 minute episode and half of it is spent with, or, or you know, let's say 17 minutes with Sabine and co uh, going for Thrawn and Ezra and then 17 or so is just Ahsoka and Anakin talking. Man, I would love that. And then save, you know, three minutes for what might be a, Anakin turns to Darth Vader in this world between worlds here and they, they have a lightsaber fight um, and then a couple minutes for whatever hair is up to. Right. But if we get like a really long just conversation between Anakin and Ahsoka about why did you leave the order really diving into that decision? Why did Anakin turn to the dark side? um? Out. And episode five is directed by Dave Filoni, who created Rebels, who created the Ahsoka character, who is the mastermind behind this whole show. That could be such a huge payoff. And to get that in episode five, I mean, we're cooking with gas. Again, after episode three, you wonder, okay, how long are we going to kind of slow roll this show? But we're already headed to the planet with Ezra and Thrawn, and we're, we're having an Ahsoka-Anakin uh, interaction, right? Now, maybe, maybe I'm getting a little ahead of my skis. Maybe she just sees an image of him right at the beginning and then is off doing something else the rest of the episode. But considering this episode five coming up is the one that Filoni is directing, really feel like we're going to explore that relationship, which is you know a huge premise and a huge reason why we wanted this show. Right, the, It's Ahsoka first. It's Rebels 2.0 second. Um, and, and the thing to dive into with Ahsoka right now is the relationship with Anakin. And by the way, a a note um, that that's really interesting is the first time Ahsoka is in the world between worlds. She's being pulled in by Ezra in rebels from a fight she's having with Darth Vader, really her first meetup, her first face off with Vader um, since he turned and she knows it's him. He knows it's her. It's really that first interaction. And that's the first time Ahsoka was, was, in the world between worlds. And now she's here again. We don't exactly know how long she has spent there, how many times she's been there in the intervening time between Rebels and here in Ahsoka. But, you know, one of the next times she goes in, she's having this conversation with Anakin. So I think that's super interesting. Um, I think it's going to be a very fun episode five, very interesting episode five. Very emotional episode five on, on all fronts, you know, seeing Ezra again potentially having this conversation with Anakin, I think it's gonna be great. I thought it was a great episode four. I did think the pace was excellent. I thought the some of the payoffs from the teachings between Ahsoka and Sabine in episode three was really, really good. Uh, I do want to see more lightsaber fights. I'm I'm sad Morik is gone, but the Balin fight was great. Um shin as well is really really good so i hope we get more of those because hey man it's star wars i want to see lightsabers but uh i'm really enjoying the character exploration we're getting from these characters and i think we're going to get a big ahsoka one next week all right that is the ahsoka recap thoughts analysis whatever you want to call that there at the top let's get to my conversation with john and really officially and finally preview this nfl season before things get kicked off here today the episode of the show is released on thursday so thank you all so much enjoy the show
1: hey everyone i'm ronan summers and i want to tell you about the stat sheet podcast every tuesday you can hear me and my co-hosts break down the biggest games and analyze what's happening around the nfl Follow the Statsheet Podcast on Twitter at the Statsheet Pod and subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everyone, i am Ben Parker. And I'm Robert Zenvire, and, and we are the odds on favorite, presented by Box Score Network. Every week, we analyze NFL point spreads, over-unders, props, futures, and much more. Follow us on Twitter at odds on Favorite and listen on Apple,
0: Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, welcome back in to the Simon Shore podcast. I'm here with John Boyd. John, welcome back in, man. How you doing? Pretty good, man. Thanks for having me back on. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a blast. If you guys haven't listened yet... Uh, John was on a few weeks ago. We did a full redraft of the 2022 first round for the NFL draft and, and just talk some lessons learned from the draft. Um, John, I met through our friend, Josh Massan, who was on the podcast last week and we gave you the honking two and a half hour, uh, power ranking first power ranking episode. Um, and, and that was the macro level. Preseason, we're going into week one. What's the snapshot we see of the NFL right now? What John and I want to do today is a little bit more forward thinking, just a very micro level. Who are our division winners? What are our expectations? Where do we think this is all going to shake out after the 18 weeks of the NFL season, which is kicking off the day that this episode is coming out? So, very, very excited for the NFL season. Um, what John and I are going to do tonight is we're going to pick our division winners. By looking at the odds that are currently out at this time, it's Tuesday night as we record this, and we're going to go for every division, each conference, we do have a bit of a twist. So instead of just being able to say we like the favorites in all four divisions, because let's face it, that's a little boring. That's not a great podcast, even if it's maybe how we feel. We're going to put a twist on it. So we have four divisions, four teams in each division for every division in the conference we have to pick obviously one winner but for the conference as a whole we have to pick one team that has the best odds to win one team that has the second best odds one team that has the third best odds and one team that has the longest odds of their division to win so for example in the afc let's say we could have the chargers who have the second best odds at plus 290 The Patriots, who have the fourth best odds, at plus 800. The Bengals, who have the best odds in their division, at plus 140. And the Colts, who have the third best odds, at plus 600. We could not have the Bengals and the Jaguars because they're both the favorite to win their division. So we don't want to be too hot takey here. This, This is a fun exercise that is going to not only make this podcast more interesting, but also highlight the randomness the unexpected nature that is the NFL. It's not just going to be the favorites or even the second best odds team that win wins the division every year. Uh, we're going to try and suss out who some of those long shots are going to be to win. And along the way, we'll give you also a little more of a, our measured take on, on who can win each division. But, John, does, does all that make sense? or Do you feel ready to go? Yeah, I'm with you, man. Sounds Sounds like a blast. All right. I'm going to hand the baton to you. Do you want to start in the AFC or the NFC? let's do AFC first. That sounds that sounds a little safer. Uh, you know, we've been <laughs> saying all offseason, hearing all offseason, that there's about 10 or 11 teams that could legitimately make the playoffs in the AFC. So I think this will be pretty smooth sailing. Um, and let's start with, I think, the most clear-cut division. Let's start with the AFC West, John. When you just take a snapshot of this division, I'll lay the odds out right now. The Chiefs are minus 165, Chargers plus 290, Broncos plus 600 and Raiders plus 1600 to take the division. What jumps out to you? Does anybody feel like they could be your real pick other than the Chiefs?
1: Well, the Raiders are the longest odds in the AFC. um, That they do. By a lot. They do. Yep. uh, Twice as long as the next longest. Jeez. But, um, you know, it's it's really a two-team race to me, it looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, chiefs, chargers games are always such a blast to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, but then over the last couple of years, the chiefs have kind of separated themselves in the other games, um, where they kind of take care of business and, and the chargers fall flat sometimes. Um, but then really bring it in those chiefs games. Um, so I'd love to see that rivalry gain a little bit more legitimacy, um, in the context of of actual contention, um, and and not just within the division, and I personally would love to see the Chargers take that next step this year. Uh, I think it'd be really fun to see them, you know, even if it's even if it's not necessarily in the playoffs, um, but to dethrone the Chiefs in the regular season and take that division, I think it'd be really fun to see. I I don't see, I don't see Broncos or Raiders being particularly close to those two. I think there's a pretty pretty solid gap there. And I think Vegas agrees.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree. So we're, we're looking at the two leaders in the clubhouse for the AFC West Um, for the chargers, Kellen Moore coming over as the OC I've made uh, my thoughts known on this pod. Uh, Where are you at? How much does he kind of elevate that ceiling? Do you think for the offense?
1: I think pretty significantly. I think, I think even if it was an OC on whom I was less high um, I think just the, the change moving away from Joe Lombardi is mm-hmm. going to be huge. Um, I'm of the opinion I I went back and I watched the All 22 twice over the the, the next couple of weeks after mm-hmm. that 27-0 collapse, mm-hmm. and I'm of the opinion that that collapse was squarely on Joe Lombardi, um, and and his play calling down the stretch. Like it was tough to watch because the whole time when you know the outcome you're just like uh oh, if the, if on this drive they could have gotten like two first downs and drained some clock and moved the ball a little bit uh you, you probably wouldn't see that full collapse so i i think you'll see the aggressiveness of the passing offense take up a little bit with a former quarterback calling the shots and um a former Boise State quarterback, probably was just about to—that's exactly what I was, to, exactly what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, I, I think we'll see a lot more of that. I think I think you'll see Justin Herbert pretty uh, pretty thoroughly unleashed, and um, and that's going to be great television. Uh, so I I think I think you see a step forward from the Chargers offense as a whole.
0: Yeah. Uh going into the power rankings with Josh last week, I gave I basically outlined my full predictions on offensive and defensive rankings. And I'm I'm with you. I think Kelmore Moore can really push his offense and really push Justin Herbert. Uh, I think this could be a legitimate top five offense behind what Herbert and Moore can't do together. Now Herbert's gonna okay. have to uh, also be willing to be a little more risky He he's pretty risk averse as a quarterback despite the arm despite the athleticism so he's gonna have to push himself mentally as well Uh, but i think the way things ended for them like you said like he, herbert's smart enough he knows something has to change so he has to change the way he plays Moore's is going to push him a bit i love that so yeah we have chiefs and chargers in our back pocket as the one two and, and john and i make our this, it will come to our conclusions in a similar fashion, but I'm sure we'll have some different uh, final decisions along the way. Let's move to the mm-hmm. AFC East, which I think is going to be really interesting for this discussion. The Bills are the leader in the clubhouse at plus 120, the Jets at plus 270, the Dolphins at plus 300, and the Patriots at plus 800. We could sit here and dissect all four teams. We've done that ad nauseum. Is there a team that you're just immediately crossing off for the purposes of this exercise that you're just like not even going to consider, or is this kind of your like grab bag fourth division you're going to kind of pick your winner from uh, when when you take a look at it?
1: So I, I think this is the second best division in football, top to bottom. Um, we will talk about the best division in football <laughs> in my opinion right after this, yep, but yep, yep. Um, for that reason, I am going to cross off the Patriots. Um, okay. I, I think I think there's just zero chance they actually take the division home. Um, these teams are going to cannibalize each other uh, when they play. Um, it's going to be really tough. There might be four top ten defenses in this division. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be tough to win games, and <clears throat> and per ESPN, New England has the toughest schedule this season um mm. uh, a lot of that is weighted by six games against jets dolphins uh, yeah. bills, but yep. still i I think there's something to be said for that and uh and I just don't see them beating out all three of those teams. I could see them finishing second or third um but the the ceilings on those other teams are way too high uh for me, you know relative to to the pats.
0: Yeah, yeah, Uh, could all be very top defenses, but Bills, Jets, Dolphins could all also be top 10 offenses in the league if everything goes well. Patriots Mm -hmm. just don't have that ceiling despite Bill O'Brien coming over. The talent just isn't there. I think when we go back and watch the film of this offense at the end of the season, we'll say it looks like a fine NFL offense. Um and it looks like a real NFL offense and not what Matt Patricia was doing last year for this team but the talent just is not there for the Patriots in regards to keeping up with with these other teams so yeah I think that's a quick mm-hmm. quick cross off there um let's head to the AFC North man let let you talk about bloodbath what, what teams can do to each other in a division the AFC North is back and it's going to happen this year Bengals are the leaders at plus <clears throat> 140 The Ravens are second at plus 235. The Browns are third at plus 400. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are coming in as the long shot at plus 500. What's your snapshot look at this division?
1: One thing that jumps out at me is I think the Ravens are pretty overrated by these odds. Um, I I think that's the fourth best team in the division, the Ravens. Um, Which, you know, this seems hot takey, but when you really break it down, it's not. It's a new offensive coordinator for Lamar Jackson, which is going to come with his pros and cons. Um, Probably the most weapons Lamar's had in his professional Mm -hmm. career. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, there are some question marks on the offensive line now, even though they have a few studs. And I love uh, Daniel Falele. Um, he's he's really fun. He's really my, guy. Um, my guy. But a couple mm-hmm. question marks on the interior. Yep. Um, we'll 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 see what Linderbaum can bring. Uh, I like Zeitler. Left guard is a question mark still. Um, There's like
0: a a day three or UDFA guy that's getting that left guard job over uh Ben Cleveland, who is supposed yep. to be the incumbent when Ben Powers left. Exactly, um, and I, and I, I can't just, even think like, of his compl- name. I uh, yeah no I, I tried to, to learn it at one point and I could not even pronounce it. But shout out to him because he just yep, kind of rolled in and, and took took job. You guys can shout out who that
1: is to him. Um, <laughs> but you know, uh, this is another division where there are so many good defenses, um, and it feels you know it's it's a tough label to put on somebody. Um, but it's tough to trust Lamar Jackson to stay healthy. Um, it's tr- tough to trust Odell Beckham Jr. to stay healthy. It's tough to trust Rashad Bateman to stay healthy. It's tough to trust J.K. Dobbins to stay healthy. Ronnie Stanley. These guys all have injury history, um, and and they're very key pieces. Um, I think we will see some growth from that young edge group. Adafi Owe. and mm-hmm. um, you you'll see some David Ajabo this year yeah. Uh, yeah. on whom a lot of people were really high uh, before that injury during the draft cycle. Um, I like that group. But, you know, and Michael Pierce at nose is cool. Uh you, you lose uh Clayus Campbell. You, you know, you still got uh Matabuki and and some mm-hmm. good pieces up there, but uh Humphrey's a little older. Um and already Marcus, injured. Marcus, yep, already injured, and it's just it's just one of those things where I, I think they're the the most things could go wrong for this team out of the four. Um but that being said any of these four teams could win the division. I don't think we have any to cross off.
0: Yeah. I I agree. This was my division. Well, I I'll, I'll just go ahead and spoil it. I I saw who was in fourth there and I just kind of nailed that one. That that one's written in pen. Um, that's uh, that's my thought as well. The Spoiler. the Ravens I so shout out to Ben Lawson, Ravens buddy. Uh I actually have one of those uh who's come on the pod before and, and when the fi- when the initial 53 came out he texted me and he was like, I don't feel good about this. And I looked at it and I was like, this D like we knew the defense was lighter than recent years. But to see the names that actually made the roster at the end of it, you're just like, wow, like this is. This is not the Ravens defense that we've been used to. And even then, when the roster was pretty filled out, it was either injured, like you said, or adjusting to a new defensive coordinator with a new scheme and just having a lot of issues so if this defense is already light you've got your offensive weapons who are either young injured or just like everybody else in a new offense I think the offense is going to be really good by the end of the year but I think the first half of the year we could see some struggle and if the defense never fully gets there that does make me nervous for the Browns to really jump up you're either expecting one of two things the defensive additions and Dalvin Tomlinson, Z'Darrius Smith, two guys you could talk about, and, and Jim Schwartz, the defensive coordinator, vaults this team into, let's say, right around average to slightly above average. Or Deshaun Watson goes from uh, a bottom third quarterback that he was last year in the few games he played to back to like a top 10 or 12 quarterback, right? You you need at mm. least one of those things to happen. Um, it's and that's a big jump on on both ends to make. So we could see it, we could not see it. We could see one of the two, we could see neither. Um, but yeah, this is the division that really anything could happen. And I don't think anybody at the end of the year would be surprised by the result. Um mm. let's dive yeah, into I the think, last I think oh, some of
1: the yeah, last thing on this division with the Browns, I think some of the Overall strength of the roster is weighted down in the national zeitgeist by just that question mark around Deshaun Watson. Mm -hmm. Um, if you replace Deshaun Watson with a Kenny Pickett, uh, Jacoby Brissett, Jacoby Jacoby (laughs) Brissett, let's just do that. (laughs) Um, if you take Jacoby Brissett first eleven weeks of last year, put uh, plop him right into this roster. You probably feel about the same about it. The defense got mm-hmm. a lot better. Delvin Tomlinson, Zedarius Smith, Shelby Harris, um, mm-hmm. Martin yeah, Emerson everyone. coming into his second year, uh, yep. who forms a really good trio with Newsom and Ward
0: at cornerback. Um, JOK another year in the league. It's good. Oh, well, Conquo from, from the Texans, another a edge Conquo rusher.
1: from yep. the Texans, that's right. Yeah, the, the edge group's deep. Um, you finally got some got – some, bite on the interior of that defensive line Mm -hmm. finally it's not just andrew billings and whoever the whoever else we can find um you've got some some legit pieces in the middle um and that offensive line is the best in the league nick chubb is the only running back in nfl history to run for to average five or more yards a carry in each of his first five seasons um and that's why and you know if you If you take Deshaun Watson out of it, that seems to be such a high-variance concept, just Deshaun Watson as the quarterback. Um, I think if you take that out of it and you think about a more steady, average-to-below-average quarterback with the bones of this roster, I think you feel exactly the same about it. So, yeah, if you get anything like the old Deshaun Watson, this team's going to be trouble.
0: Let's move into the last division of the AFC here, the AFC South. This this was the division that uh, threw a wrench in things a little bit, and you kind of had to go back up and, and rearrange some stuff. Uh, but mm-hmm. you have the Jaguars at minus 155, the Titans at plus 350, the Colts at plus 600, and the Texans at plus 800. Did you give any credence to to the Colts and Texans here, or are you firmly sticking with those top two?
1: I don't really.
0: Um, I think the Texans are going to be fun. I They're going to be, be a- fun.
1: Yep. Um. But but that's not always the same as good. The Colts aren't going to be fun, and they're not going to be good either. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know. But but the Anthony Richardson show will be interesting. Yep. Um. But I I don't I don't see either of them as viable threats to win this division really at all.
0: I not that I saw them as a threat to win the division, but I was on the super niche group of NFL. Uh, followers, fans, podcasters, whatever you want to call us, that was like, the Texans could win seven games? And, and then the offensive line completely fell apart, and I no longer believe that. For a second, this team traded for Kendrick Green. Um, That's not where you want your offensive line to be for a rookie quarterback. It's so... So I just kind of put that take away and never uh, it's, it's not, it's not really out there anymore. Uh, And yeah, the Colts, you know, uh, for however long Jonathan Taylor is going to be out or just not be the Jonathan Taylor. We were hoping to see in a backfield with Anthony Richardson. Alec Pierce is going to keep dropping, you know, 60 yard touchdown passes from Anthony Richardson. Um, And this defense is super young. Yeah. It's not, it's not going to be a lot of fun. So, Mm-hmm. Jaguars, Titans, definitely the teams to consider there. Um let's go ahead and just give our, our picks. So that was a nice little snapshot of the whole AFC, but we'll go division by division and make our picks. So let's start back up with the AFC West. Which team are you going to make your division winner pick on for this little game we're playing? I'm going to burn my second place vote.
1: Ooh, I'm going to go fun. chargers
0: here. Fun uh i'm gonna take the chiefs in a world of you know fluctuating circumstances and change give me give me the constant that i can believe in i'm gonna take the chiefs here okay this is great we're already on on different spots i'm excited for this the afc east who are you gonna take
1: so now i'll burn my third place spot and i'm gonna go dolphins here um i love i love this roster um, if Tua hangs on and stays healthy, hell, even if he doesn't, they have a shot because the defense is so good, um, and the weapons are so good that uh, I, I I like their chances.
0: That's my <laughs> pick here as well. Um, I would have felt comfortable with any of those three teams at least for this exercise: Bills, Jets, Dolphins. Mm-hmm. And if Jalen Ramsey wasn't hurt, like that one injury, completely at least going into preseason, because it, it's. You're not supposed to assume injuries. It's hard not to right now for the Dolphins and Jalen Ramsey is already hurt. Um, if we weren't doing this style of game, just in terms of hey, who do you think is going to win this division right now? Not not having to have any handcuffs on it. Who who is your pick for the AFC East out of this? You know, really strong top three.
1: Yeah. So I. So I in order, it's actually Jets, Dolphins, Bills for me right wow. now okay um i think all three make the playoffs probably wow. um but i'm more confident in the floor of the jets than i am any of these teams just with how strong that defense is yep. um and the experience of aaron Rodgers on the other side with a decent offensive line um mm-hmm. and and really good weapons around them um so it, it'd be the jets for me gun to my head um and then Bills and Dolphins are kind of neck and neck.
0: I think for the Bills, I ha- I have the Bills as I, I think they're going to be the ones to get. It. I have them at like 11 or 12 wins. But there's a world where this is the year that defense falls apart. You know, Leslie Frazier's More out the door. Them. Sean McDermott is taking over, which I do view as a positive thing, right? I think that's something that can help keep this defense from sputtering and, and falling off a cliff. But it could still happen. Right. And everybody's another year older right now. We're we're not celebrating the bills going out and getting a lot of new guys on their defense. Right. It's the older guys are back and just another year older. So Mm -hmm. it's like this is the year that that defense could, you know, drop out of that top 10. I don't have them doing it. That's not my assumption. I think it's still Mm going to be good. But if you're making the case for why could the Bills be third, it's not necessarily because of the offense. It's because there's a chance that the defense falls through the floor this season. Uh, yeah. Your AFC North pick. I know what you're doing here. What, what the are you you got to roll with the Steelers, man. Been, I mean, I've listen. This agenda. Uh, I'm trying to keep myself really patient and really measured. You didn't make it easy on me having me come over to bite size sports, to do bite size Steelers. Everybody go check that out on Spotify. Um, it's letting my fandom really kick in uh, on a podcast level. But, uh, I mean, look, they have the best odds of any quote-unquote long shot in the conference at plus 500. Mm-hmm. So just from that aspect, it this should be an easy pick, but we said it. I think all of these teams could be 9, 10, 11 wins when the season ends and we could see how many make the playoffs. So, yeah, I, I have Steelers as well um afc South so I guess that leaves uh only one option for you who'd you take in the south
1: yeah so that's Jags for me so they're my only they, they were the favorite that I took um realistically I think the Titans
0: can make a push
1: mm-hmm. um but I liked the Chargers pick slightly better for a second spot
0: yeah and I just did the flip I took the Titans here I love the Jags I think they're gonna be great um but i think it's more not necessarily thinking titans versus chargers i think it's more likely that the titans win the south than the chiefs lose the east that's that's mm. the, the way i kind of am looking at it but yeah i i think those make pick I mean, or those make sense those picks make sense we have two the same two different Hello, everybody. Brandon Tim here, telling you all to listen to the Fantasy Football Franchise, a podcast giving you the insights to help you win your fantasy football leagues. Together, we will look at everything fantasy football, from the platforms we use to navigating weekly player projections. Listen to the Fantasy Football Franchise, a Score Network podcast. We'll see you at the next episode. Hey, I'm Connor.
1: I'm Billy. And I'm Austin. And we're the host of the Tricky Takes podcast presented by the Box Score Network. We talk about all things sports ranging from golf, baseball, football, NBA, and all college sports. Come give us a listen and make sure you follow us over on
0: Twitter at Tricky Takes. And that's tricky with two eyes. Time to move over to the NFC. Let's do our NFC snapshot going to the NFC North. Your division here we have the lions at plus 140 we have the vikings at plus 290 we have the bears at plus 380 and the packers at plus 400 what's your snapshot here in the north
1: don't tell anyone i know but uh for this for this little game i went packers
0: yeah yeah the um, I- the odds are too close this is going to be a tight division kind of especially for the gamesmanship of it pretty easy to to go packers here
1: and, and when we get to the other three divisions, I think that'll make more sense, too. I, yeah. I couldn't couldn't get myself even close to there with the other long shots.
0: Yeah. In terms of when when the season kicks off, do you think the Packers are just as much in it as national media is kind of saying this week? I think everyone's getting a little afraid to say they have no shot now that it's right on the doorstep. Or do you think this is a true two team race between the Lions and Vikings when the season gets going? I think it is a two team race
1: but I I I did need you know I I don't want people to disregard the Packers entirely. You know, the run game should be good. Uh mm-hmm. if Joe Barry can crank up the aggressiveness a little bit on the defensive play calling side, the talent's there. Um I think it's an eight eight win team. Yeah. Um but Peter King had them making the playoffs. They're not it's not you know, don't don't go too far either way with these guys yet. Yeah, they're just gonna be fine, I think. You know.
0: Yep, it's not gonna be as bad as we were saying in what March, but it's no. not gonna be as good as we're saying here on September fourth, fifth. Uh, in terms of where, because it's cracking me up that everyone Mia, when it comes time to officially make predictions the people that were saying that Jordan Love is a bust and he's going to be this huge drop off are now saying don't sleep on the packers everyone's scared to go against the packers but uh, i'm with you the, i took the packers for this exercise because yeah i don't they're going to be a, a fun offense they're not going to be a horrible defense uh plus 400 is decent and you know they're they're not yeah 7 to 9 wins i have met eight as well so i like that one let's move down to the nfc east uh we have the eagles at minus 135 the cowboys at plus 195 the giants at plus 900 and the commanders at plus 1300 this this is where it's going to start getting a little bit tougher here especially in the last two divisions uh but what do you have here for the east giants for me i think uh they're
1: really well coached yeah and that's that's important um but a lot of a lot of people would argue that the two best teams in the conference are in their division. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, 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 once we get into the odds of the rest of these teams, I think it'll, you know, it kind of makes sense um, going that way. They're not my actual pick, right. um, but but I think it's the best third place odds that we have remaining here.
0: Yeah, this this was the tough one for me. Um, I wrote down the giants the first time I went through this and, uh, the, the next division that we're going to get to is what makes it really, really difficult. Um, so let's just go ahead and, uh, I, I put the Eagles, I put the Eagles. I, I didn't love it in terms of the game. I love it in terms of real life. Uh, let's go ahead and skip to the NFC South. Cause I think this is the one that actually truly makes it the most difficult. Um, the saints are plus one Oh five, the Falcons are plus 200. The Panthers are plus 500 and the Buccaneers are plus 1000. So we're going to go ahead and cross off the Bucs, um, but talk to us about Saints, Falcons, Panthers, kind of where you see this, because this was the division that really informed my pick at the NFC East. So this is the one
1: that really aligns with my actual prediction for real life. and, And that's the Falcons. I think the Falcons run away with this division. Um, it might be by two wins, but, but I think they handily win this division. Um, it's a bad division, and I actually like what the Falcons are doing. Um, they've, they've got some bad men on the offensive line, Chris Lindstrom, Caleb McGarry, um, Jake Matthews still kicking. Um, they're just so big. All over. Mac <laughs> Collins, Drake London, Kyle Pitts. Matt Those are going to be the guys blocking your DBs. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got a thousand yard rusher, Tyler Algier, sitting behind your eighth overall pick and Bijan Robinson. You've got Cordero Patterson still on the roster. Desmond Ritter had the fastest 40 in that quarterback class. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's going to be smash mouth football. It's going to be Arthur Smith football. you got Johnny Smith, who's going to play some H back. It's going to be smash mm-hmm. mouth football, and it's going to be tough for a lot of teams to deal with. Um, I think they grind out nine, 10 wins and, and take this division annually.
0: I really made myself upset that i made this game and had this idea before I really sat down and looked at it because I, uh, I didn't go with the Falcons at the end, but man, oh man, do I love this Falcons team and do That's I fully so believe fun. in what they're doing? Um, uh quick plug for the Stat Sheet Podcast. We did our final takes before the season. Some slightly spicy, some not. But I I had the Falcons as a top eight de- uh offense, not defense, top eight offense finishing out this season. Um they finished 13th last year, and they're going to Desmond Ritter. They're hoping to have Kyle Pitts healthy, and they add Bijan Robinson. And also yeah. shout out Matt Bergeron coming in at left guard, plugging up the only yeah. hole on that line. Hennessy's still at center. And, Going uh, uh, yeah, Dalman, Drew Dalman, Drew Dalman took Dallman. that yep, job. Yep. yep. That's right. that's um. Right. So I I love everything you said. I'm so glad you picked them for the purposes of this game. I did not pick them, and it broke my it broke my little heart. Um. I took the Panthers, who I don't truly believe are going to win because I actually do like the Saints too. I think the Saints maybe sneak in for a wild card uh spot when it comes That's to playoff true. time. Um mm-hmm. but here here's the world for the Panthers, right? Everyone's right now is saying, wow, this offensive line is horrible. They can't block. They're gonna be bad offense. Okay. Austin Corbett is on pup and I didn't dig into all of the Panthers preseason tape, but that first game, 80% of those pressures were coming exactly from that right guard spot and then and then uh everything kind of filtered out after that i don't even was it cam irving i don't even know who it was not austin corpett not the guy who's going to be the starter by hopefully week five um i think this defense i have them as like 13th right now they have top 10 potential with the giro ever now of course brian burns yeah i saw something on twitter today might have some contract stuff happening so that does Mm -hmm. make me nervous um But if this group is healthy on defense, this could be a top-10 defense. Corbett comes back. I think this offense can kind of get right back into place. Yeah, they don't have playmakers, but you could – well, not really, but for the purpose of this game, you can convince me that, hey, everything I believe about the Falcons is a football hipster aberration. It's not going to come true the way I want it to. And you can convince me that, hey, maybe Derek Carr was cooked last year, and it wasn't just – Josh McDaniels ruined him and the Saints are going to be bad. The defense is finally going to fall off. And the Panthers end up winning. Uh, again, I don't, I don't, I don't buy that. I kind of regret and wish I was changing it now, but you know what? It's already written down. So I have yeah, Panthers. They, they need some help, but you could squint yeah. and, and see you, it. Get, you could squint real hard. I might just go ahead and flip flop to all your picks here. We'll we'll see what happens. Uh the NFC West, that leaves you with one team, but the 49ers are the favorites at minus 190. The Seahawks are in second at plus 230. The Rams plus a thousand and Cardinals plus 3,500. So tell us why you took the Niners here.
1: Oh, those Cardinals odds are hilarious. <laughs> um,
0: Some, someone, if you are listening and you put a dollar on that, just screenshot it and, and DM me and I, I'll talk about you every week. Yeah, no <laughs> oh man, that's
1: awesome. Um, but yeah, I went Niners here and I didn't even love it. I didn't even love it. Um, but you know, if if Purdy's anything like what we saw last year, Shanahan said Purdy would have to melt too in order to lose his starting, like a witch. He'd have to actually melt in order to lose his starting job. Um, so that's that's who they're going with. It's not Darnold. It's definitely not Lance anymore. We can open Lance though. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um but you know It's a well-coached, good football team. They lost three starters off the offensive line in Brunskill, Brendel, and McGlinchey, which is tough. Mm -hmm. Uh, they still got Aaron Boone and and Trent Williams back, and they've always been able to to fill in on the offensive line and get by. I don't know what it is. Um, It might be the way – Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan. calls the room. One, game and ones and zeros,
0: baby. Ones and zeros.
1: Ones That's and what he zeros. makes those guys think. Mm-hmm. It's about the X's and O's, not the Jimmys and Joes. When you're right. talking to yep. Kyle Shanahan, yep. Um, but you know, I, I think Brandon IU takes a big step. Mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey stays healthy. They should run mm-hmm. away with it. Um, they're thinner on defense though now. Even mm-hmm. bringing in Javon Hargrave, you lose uh, a Samson Abukum. You lose mm-hmm. a. Uh, well, you, you do have uh, Drake Jackson maybe stepping yep. into that role. Could be interesting. Yep. Um, still Eric Jimmy Carver.
0: Ward, Aziz Al Shahir, both those guys are gone. Jimmy
1: Ward, uh, Aziz is gone. Um, Manuel Mosley. Manuel the the Mosley's gone. He mm-hmm. was hurt last year, but he played slot before mm-hmm. he got hurt. And then Jimmy Ward moved to the slot. Mm-hmm. So what's their slot answer this year? Yep. Um, Lenore, maybe, I guess. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know That's who the question is. Uh, but, you know, for the purpose of this exercise, I went with them. I think I'd take the Seahawks. But I, I think that's a real t- I think these odds are much further apart than they need to be. Um, I think those teams are pretty close.
0: Yeah, I have the Seahawks here. I have the Seahawks uh, tr- truly winning this division. I, I like the Seahawks better than the Niners. I think yeah. they're coming in with questions that we had at the beginning and end of last season answered and the Niners are coming in with a lot of those questions that they had still in place. Mm -hmm. Um, How does this defense evolve with an outside DC coming in? Steve Wilkes, who I think we both like, but uh, they haven't had an outside DC come in since Sala came in. Um, So how does that affect things? We don't, we just don't know. Uh, How does some of the personnel changes on defense affect things? Uh, Nick Bosa, when is he going to play? And then, the Above all else, is this Brock Purdy thing real? Uh And if it's not, then we're going to Sam cool. Darnold. And that could go a, a number of ways. So I took the Seahawks there. And, and when it came to this and the South and the East all going up against each other, it was that case of do I feel better about uh, any do, – do I want to say the Eagles are going to lose out to – uh, and now I'm looking at it and I'm like, dang, man, I could have I, – I did like the Giants. But I I, I wasn't going to go Cowboys because I like the Falcons and Seahawks too much. So I just kind of eliminated them there. Um, yeah, uh, that Panthers one is going to kill me a little bit. That's going to bug me tonight. I'm going to oh, come back in a yeah, I, I, I thought the same thing about
1: – uh, yeah, I went back and forth
0: on the same stuff.
1: And it pains me not to take the Vikes to win the North because I think they're going to roll the North. I don't even think it's a two-team oh, race. It yes. mm-hmm. breaks off the Lions both times. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, you, you, you got to play the game. And and I, it was a really cool experiment because it, it challenges you to yep. paint a scenario where certain teams can can get there. And, and teams you don't expect always will. Yep. Uh, it, it happens every year, and we're never ready for it, um, even though we should be. Um, but, it, but it's tough to predict which team that'll be one of these teams is, is going to come out of nowhere and be pretty good. Maybe it's one of those NFC South teams and maybe it's not even the Falcons, maybe the Panthers figure it out. Um, you know, if maybe Bryce Young's that transcendent, um, maybe, maybe none of those vets on the saints are washed and they're right back at it. Um, you know, so it, it, it's, it's fun to kind of do those thought experiments and, um, and, and think through it, but I like this I like the Seahawks a lot. I almost like every single second place team in the NFC odds except for uh Dallas. Um but the Seahawks, another awesome draft. Another year in a row. Oh yeah. Um to you know, it it's getting, it's getting scary down there. I've I've got a buddy on Twitter, Green 80. Um, we, we talk a lot on there and and he's always He's always sending me propaganda about like Mike Morris or like, you know, <laughs> or like, or like random uh random draftees of theirs that I'm like, oh yeah, you know, I did like him coming out. You guys got all the guys I liked. Yeah. Um but it's you know, it's a it's an
0: exciting group and
1: and this was a super fun exercise.
0: I appreciate you coming on, man. So you guys heard it here: uh, go bet the Giants, go bet the Panthers, Steelers. Those were our longest picks, um, and, and plus thirty five nine hundred. Uh, so go throw a go throw a fiver on that and make, make I don't know I'm bad at math million dollars and uh yeah. you can you could throw throw a couple bucks our way. So really appreciate it, John. Thank you so much for being back on the Simon Short Podcast. You guys can find John on Twitter at john Boy 12 uh follow him listen to his work minnesota sports talk necessary roughness and bite-sized Vikes for bite-sized sports make sure you guys are are checking him out giving him a follow and hearing everything he's got to say on the nfl john thanks again for coming in man
1: yeah of course man appreciate you um yeah that'll be you can find my feed simon's feed all the feeds we have to come, we've got Giants, Colts, Titans, Chiefs coming soon on uh, Bite Size NFL on Spotify, and and that's where all of those team specific podcasts will go. Um, but yeah, everything else uh, is is correct. Minnesota Sports Talk, Necessary Roughness. If you catch uh, Tuesday's episode of Necessary Roughness that we just uh, we just recorded,
0: you can catch Simon on there with us talking a little bit of Steelers too. If you haven't heard enough of my voice by now just <laughs> get get my voice and my face all at once and you'll yes. you'll probably never listen again. All right, everybody, thank you so much. Sean, thanks for coming back, man. We will talk to you soon. Thank you all so much for listening. Have fun and be safe out there.